Welcome in to another episode of Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Saxonian family. This is Let's Rage Cougs basketball. We're coming off the heels of the University of Houston men's basketball team's season opener. And what a dominant performance it was for the Cougars. They just flat out in lopsided fashion dominated, like I just said, the University of Louisiana Monroe, 84-31, to 31, the final score from the Fertitta Center on this Monday night in the season opener. Emmanuel Sharp looked great. He had 20 points, 5 of 9 shooting from the field, 4 of 8 from his threes, or, or on his threes, and Damian Dunn on his regular season Houston Cougars debut, his debut overall period, shines with 18 points, 5 of 8 from the field. He had a stretch there where he seemed to be on fire from the floor when he came off the bench for Houston. And overall, a nice performance top to bottom from the Houston Cougars. When you beat a team by that, such of a lopsided score. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of good things that you did well. But... I'm impressed. I'm impressed. There's a comment from Miles Coleman. Uh, Final four bound. This is a very impressive performance that the seat is high for this team. Dan, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I think the ceiling is definitely high. I'm definitely impressed. One thing that stood out to me worthy was the defense. I think the way the versatility, the way they'll be able to go out on perimeter, be able to switch a lot more than what they normally do and being able to uh, really keep the ball in front of them. And then offensively, um, I really like what I've seen. I think outside of LJ really didn't shoot the ball well, but I know what he's capable of doing. But Emmanuel really showed me that he's been working on the offseason, not only just being a, a knockdown shooter, but being able to attack the closeout and being able to make a play. He did that on numerous of times, attacking the closeout, getting inside, finishing through contact, or going all the way and finishing with the layup. So that's something on the scattering report. A lot of teams are going to run him off the three-point line, him being able to attack that um, closeout and whether it's get a mid-range or get all the way inside is going to be key all season. So I like that what I've seen from him and Jamal. looked like Jamal, and so I, I was definitely impressed. Rex32 on YouTube asks, is this the best defensive game in UH history? And technically, no. But it's been a really, really long time since the Houston Cougars dominated an opponent in that fashion. You have to go back to 1951. So... Again, a very long time when the Houston Cougars held Texas A&M to just 29 points way back when the 31 points actually tied the third fewest that an opponent uh, against U of H has ever scored uh, in a men's basketball game. So not necessarily the best defensive game in UH history, but pretty dang close. Miles Coleman also asked, any way too early projections for this team, ceiling floor for this team? Well, I think there's definitely a uh, overreaction Monday projection. This is a Final Four bound team uh, over Reaction Monday based on the performance today. Obviously, UL Monroe, um, quality of opponent. They're projected when they showed on the TV, on the ESPN Plus broadcast, that UL Monroe is projected to be the bottom of their conference. But the reason I say that, this team is much, much – they're deeper. They're deeper top to bottom. They're legitimately 10 deep, and it's going to be exciting to see how they continue to develop. This is barely November 6th. Imagine what they're going to look like a month from now. Imagine what they're going to look like two months from now and as the season continues to progress. 
Yeah, that depth definitely sticks out to me and the versatility with that depth, especially on the guards. Um, Damian Dunn stood out, and he really showed his full offensive ability scoring-wise. He didn't really even show his playmaking ability, which he can do that as well. But offensively, he showed his full game. He can uh, spread the floor and knock down catch-and-shoot threes. He can also isolate the mid-post, in which Kellen Sampson talked to me about in that interview. Is They're going to isolate him in that mid-post, allow him to post those smaller guards and use his, um, his ability to post up and score and we saw that tonight to where one time he, he faced up and did a, a step back fadeaway in the mid post and made it and other times he was able to draw fouls and where that's something he does really well and so I think Amy Dunn is going to be a really key piece but on the game the game basically like Coach Kelvin Coach Kelvin, Kelvin Sam Sampson said after the game, I mean, one game, maybe it may be LJ, another game may be Jamal or Jay one. And so I think we're going to see that throughout the year and even Emmanuel and Terrence. But I think overall, the depth really swelled volumes and the way that they're going to be able to play a lot of four guard lineups or the floor is going to be really spread. And Jamal is really going to have a lot more room to be able to penetrate. And that pick and roll with him and JVA is really going to be key throughout the season as well, I think. Come on, I want to share from GoCooks.com, courtesy of Ryan of GoCooks.com. This is a quote from Kelvin Sampson that he just said in his presser following Houston's big victory over UL Monroe. He says, November is a comma month. March is a period month. Guys get better. That's what November is for. So he's not going to get caught up in the impressive performance in today's outing from Houston against University of Louisiana Monroe. Michael Jones says he's worried about rebounds or about rebounding. He's curious to get our thoughts about it. Um, that's interesting. Honestly, I am not as worried. In fact, I was kind of encouraged because in particular, we know Jawan Roberts is going to be a rebounding um, machine. You know he what he's going to bring to the table night in and night out. I think you can put Javier Francis in that same category. I was encouraged to see Ramon Walker not only be back out there on the floor, but in the, in the minutes that he had, he tallied up seven rebounds and tied Jawan Roberts for the lead in the game. It's good to see him back out on the court after he had to redshirt last season. Yeah, it was good to see him back out there. He looked healthy. He looked like he was been working in the gym. He actually made it through. But as far as like the reboundings and his tenacity on the defensive end and the energy he plays with, he still had that edge to him on the floor. So it was good to see him out there as well. I was happy to see that. And then other players who um you just mentioned in the in the comment, what was it? That you just brought She's up worried about rebounding. I'm curious to get our thoughts on if we're worried about rebounding. Oh, yeah, I'm not really worried about rebounding. I, I, I think this team will collectively be able to rebound collectively. I think J1 is still will probably lead the team in rebounds, but I think collectively, um, they'll be able to rebound. I think it'll be a challenge with LJ and Jamal because they're both smaller guards. And so I think the others will be able to step up and really dominate the glass. Because often, although it being with this opponent, Houston was really chasing after and around all those loose balls. So I think that's something that we'll see throughout the entire year. This is an interesting stat that just stood out to me. Um, it was actually shared on X, formerly known as Twitter. But Tuckson Coog at... Again, on that platform says that the guards alone outscored ULM. And when I think about it, Jamal Shedd, five points. He had eight assists. He looked really good in his role. LJ Choir had a flurry late in that second half or towards the middle of the second half where he had nine points. Manuel Sharp, 20 points. Damian Dunn, I don't know if you can put him as a guard, more of a wing. He had 18 
points. And again, a wing, just top yeah, a wing is a guard, Andy. A top. Uh, but you know, when it comes to him, whether they're playing him at, at a forward position or they are playing him at a guard, but again, top to bottom, just going back to the depth, they look phenomenal. They look great, top to bottom from the depth. And that leads me to the next question from Miles Coleman: Do you believe that this could be the deepest UH team under Calvin Sampson? I think it could be. I think the other team probably that I could think about was the COVID year team. With all the players that they had, I think from Dejan to Quinn to Marcus to, I believe, Caleb and Nate Hinton. And um, I don't remember who else I'm missing, but that was a pretty deep team as well. And so um, I think this team definitely could probably be probably the deepest team. I think Kelvin, Kellen said that it's the deepest amount of guards that they've had. And so and I would, I would agree with that for sure. To add on to that point, not only when it comes to how deep it is, but the experience, too. You look at LJ Cryer and Damian Dunn. Those are veterans. LJ Cryer was on the Final Four team for the Baylor Bears, a championship, national championship team for the Baylor Bears. Uh, Damian Dunn's been around, been with Temple, played a significant role for the Owls. Jamal Shedd, he's a senior. Juwan Roberts, a senior. Javier Francis, a junior. Again, top to bottom. Ramon Walker, he's a junior. He played a significant role as a freshman during Houston's Elite Eight run in 2021-22. Emmanuel Sharp, second year, he played significant minutes last year for Houston as a freshman. Terrence Arsenal, you can fit in that same category. That, coupled with depth, I think that's why there's there's a really, really high ceiling with this team. I would agree with that. And those core players that return, like you just mentioned, all have experience. And now it's like uh, Coach Simpson is saying, it's about getting experience together and stacking these days up and getting better month by month. I think and that's what we'll see them do. I think you see them continue to play with different lineups. I think we see some comments or will Damian Dunn be a starter, in which at, at Temple, he and Battle was the two best players, and both of them ended up coming off the bench. And so that just shows his willingness to be a team player and still know that he can still contribute whether it's coming off the bench and who it matters who finishes game. And so I think often we'll see that. We'll continue to see a lot of four-guard lineups. But this depth, I think it will still be something – it will be very impressive to see how multiple ways that they'll play and the different styles that they'll be able to play because they have such unique players that all mold well, uh, well together. On the topic of Damian Dunn, and this is something that was touted by Calvin Sampson when he – announced or they announced that he was going to be transferring to Houston, his ability to get to the free throw line. He got to the free throw line nine times, made five free throws, missed four, but still that ability to be able to get to the free throw line nine different times. I think outside of Tremont Mark a season ago, it wasn't really a player that Houston had that really found an act to being able to get to the charity strike. Definitely. And when I was watching it, I was exactly just, that's what I was thinking. He's going to be able to be that player that can, when the game slows down and they may be missing shots, because often you have games where the team might just be off and he can be that player you can isolate and he can get to the fruit throw line, maybe settle things down and see the ball go in from him. Or maybe if he's having an off game, however the game may be. But it's definitely to have that player, to have that inactability, to be able to draw fouls. And, and what he does is he, he gets in that mid post and he beats you with that move instead of fading away like a lot of players do. He pump fakes. And if yeah. you're not disciplined on that hit, 
he draws be able to lean in to get that contact and get to the free throw line, and he's strong enough to finish through contact. And so I think that's something we will see because they will continue to isolate him in that mid post and give him those opportunities to make plays um, for himself. Yeah, that was a couple times. It reminded me of the old Kobe, Tracy McGrady pump pick, and he got he got the defender like you said. They were undisciplined into the air, and that was a big. Um, big reason why he was able to get to the free throw line as often as he did now when it comes to not necessarily a newcomer but again one of those other guards that had a really strong performance Emmanuel Sharp he hit four threes out of the eight that he attempted 50 percent from the three-point line is obviously a really good percentage but again another aspect for him he seemed more active when it came to being able to be a driver to being a driver and again he himself he found a way to get to the free throw line eight times which is a aspect in this game that he did not have or he did not showcase a season ago with Houston and through one game he was able to do it really well yeah that goes to the point I made about him earlier attacking the closeout and that's drawing at least to more contact and getting more to the free throw line he's one of the team's better free throw shooters and so that's good but his his jumper still seems more quick but he was really active on the defensive end I've seen at times with the, the way that they like to play pick and rolls, he was able to get out and force the ball back into the double team and, and play coverage really well and keep the ball in front of him. And so I can tell overall he's been working. He looks slim, slimmed down a little bit more. I'm sure Coach Bishop um, has his body transformed like he does with the rest of the players. But I was very impressed with Emmanuel. Um, not really, not surprised with him being in the starting lineup because I think he, he, what he brings the team with that spacing and his shootingness along with the continued development of adding the ability to attack closeouts and create off the dribble is only going to make him even a more potent offensive player. Kind of wrapping up when it comes to the new additions for Houston, LJ Cryer, he had nine points in his also regular season debut for the Houston Cougars. Didn't necessarily shoot it uh, lights out, just three of 13 from the field. But again, that flurry in the second half, I think that shows the, the potential. You're not going to have to worry about AJ Carr having a, a bad shooting night um, on a consistent basis. And again, that just goes to show the potency of this Houston Cougars offense, just this Houston Cougars team, period, because there's still a lot more. Imagine a night where Jamal Shedd, LJ Cryer have it going. They don't necessarily have to rely on one player where I think – at times, a season ago, it was kind of uh, Marcus Sasser, Jarris Walker, and then who else is going to be able to step up? This, there's multiple guys. It could be Jamal Shedd on mm. one night. It can be LJ Cryer. It can be Damian Dunn. Um, going back to the point, you could obviously add Tremont Mark to that list, but I think it's much more where there's – I think there's legitimately five, six, maybe even seven players on this team that you can make the argument on any given night could catch fire, and they could take the load, carry the offensive load. What are your thoughts? Yeah, similar to last year. I think I would agree with last year at any moment, any player. And that's really the coach to Kelvin Sampson throughout his years. He has multiple players that on any given night, if any player has the hot hand, they will feature that player. They will isolate you. They will give you the ball and let you get busy. And so that's just like the system and like he's played throughout this entire year. So I, I don't think – I think with the depth, they have more players that could do that, but the likelihood of those players doing that consistently is only a, a, a handful of players, just like it was within recent years. I think LJ is one of those players, and Jamal is another one of those players that you can count on consistently night. And I would put Damian, and I think Emmanuel is showing that ability, um, and he will show that he could do that for a consistent basis 
um, as well. And so I think that's three or four players, and I think on any given night, Terrence can do that, but I don't know if he's ready yet to do that on a consistent game-to-game basis. And so um, they, just like years past, and I think that's a credit to Coach Sampson and the, the program and the entire staff and how they've been able to recruit and build players for their system and allow them to have the freedom to know that if it's your night, we're going to feature you. Let's put a pin on it real quick. Chris Gardner, who is at the Fertitta Center, will be joining us um, here shortly. But like to remind everybody that might just be tuning in that this is Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Saxonian family. Let's Rage Cougs, the unofficial Houston, the unofficial and original Houston postgame show of football and men's basketball course we like to say thank you to the Saxonian family for being the primary sponsor of today's episode of course we also like to say thank you to our secondary sponsor in star pizza with multiple locations across the houston area star pizza is your go-to stop your go-to stop before or after the game be sure to visit them online where not only you can order ahead of time but you can check out their menus to see what pizza you're in the mood for as you head to your closest star pizza location Digressing uh, back down, just any overall thoughts when it comes to or any final thoughts on the guards as a whole before we kind of focus on the front court players and their performance in today's season opener? I think um, early on, Jamal just wanted to mention that his ability to read the defense, I think, really stood out. I think one time when they went under the screen and they knocked down a three, and I think that's something that we'll have to keep an eye on because that's how defense will challenge him with that type of defense going under the screens and seeing if he can knock down those threes at a high percentage in which I think he can. I don't know it's something he's been working on on the offseason, so – um, him being able to do that, it will be a key for this team all year as well in regards to guard play. On that note, kind of taking a look at the front court in particular when it came to uh, the starting five and four and Javier Francis and Jawan Roberts. Uh, let's focus on Francis first, who again, entering his junior year with Houston. This is kind of the first year where he's going to, be relied on on a consistent um, to have a consistent starting role. Starting today's game, had nine points, three for three from the field. Actually, had a really nice shooting percentage from his free throws. Not only was he three for uh, three for four from the free throw line, but his form looked really good on those free throws. Had four rebounds. Did commit three personal fouls. Only played eighteen minutes. What are your thoughts on Francis's performance in Houston's opener? He looked more confident and more assertive, especially when he caught the ball in the post. One time, instead of just kicking it out automatically, he did a power dribble and used his strength to get position and draw a foul and get to the free throw line. And so he definitely looked more assertive and looked more confident in himself. And and I think he's ready to take that next step. I think with more minutes, more experience, we'll continue to we'll continue to see his game grow. But him and Jamal's pick and roll, I think, is going to be special. So we're going to see a lot of alley oops, a lot of highlight dunks between those two and no pick and roll action. I think all year his ability to dive and and catch the lob, and Jamal's ability to put pressure on the defense and force centers to come and help because he's so quick and can get inside and can finish. And so I think that's something he's going to keep an eye on. But I'm excited to see him continue to develop. I'm really – he looked really good in his minutes in game one. He was also the player that scored the first points for the Houston Cougars in the 2023-24 season. Like you mentioned, Dan, a very potent – or 
potential when it comes to how they use them. Very dangerous player when how they use them in the pick and roll. I'm certainly going to be something excited to see for the course, exciting to see over the course of the entire season. Now, his other front court mate in Jawan Roberts played the four transition back to being the four. Again, he was tied with Ramon Walker as the leading rebounder for this game at seven rebounds. He added in six points, three or four from the field, played 23 minutes. Uh, seemed like he might have gotten hurt towards the end of the second half. Hopefully it's nothing too serious. Didn't seem like it was um, from the way he was on the bench after after he took the spill. But what do you think of Joan Roberts' performance here tonight against UL Monroe? I think uh, I just a credit really to him. Uh, I don't want it to sound negative, but it kind of sounded like a typical J uh, J Wan performance. I mean, tough heady. You know, you're going to get those rebounds, and, and when he catches the ball in the post and he gets to his left hand, he can't finish, and he's going to attack the glass and to try to go get those rebounds. And so, I like what I've seen from him. I think as the season goes on, we'll see. Um, what he's been working on over the years and see him even be able to to space the floor and be able to knock down mid-range. But I think from what I saw from him, he's going to be able to bring that leadership, that toughness on a game-to-game basis, especially rebounding as well. And when we're talking about front court players, of course, we cannot not talk about Joseph Tugler, who made his freshman debut, his collegiate debut at the regular season level for the Houston Cougars. Only saw 12 minutes of action, picked up three fouls. He picked up two quick fouls early in the first half. Not necessarily anything eye-popping, but he's a freshman that the Houston Cougars are really high on, and he potentially, as the season progresses, I think he's one of those players that, going back to the comment that Calvin Sampson made post-game about there being uh, November being a comma month, there's certainly a lot of comments when it comes to Joseph Tugler because he has the potential there. Seating is high to potentially only continue to get better and better and be a contributing, not only a contributing player, but a key impact player for Houston as the season progresses um, to in between the stretches of Javier Francis and Jawan Roberts. Yeah, limited minutes. He only had, he had six rebounds, and so that shows you about his motor. And when he was on the floor, he was he was everywhere. His athleticism really stuck out. And trouble with foul trouble tonight, but like you said, uh, like as the season goes on, we'll see more and more from him. And I think we see a lot of big games in him, a lot of highlighting players. And I can't wait to continue to get to know him as a player because I've only seen so much, and so. I don't really want to give too much of critique, but you see bits and flashes from what I've seen. His athleticism and his motor really stands out um, from what I've seen so far. Oh, his motor, definitely. I think in the ESPN Plus broadcast, they mentioned how – or it actually might have been – it was in your interview with Kellen Sampson, actually, if I'm not uh, mistaken, when it comes to Joseph Tugler, and he mentioned he has a positive nastiness about yeah. him and that's the perfect way to describe him in the uh limited stretches that i've seen him play in actually going back to the inner squad scrimmage that they had before they even went to their trip overseas to australia you could see it in bits and flashes you could see it again a little bit in their exhibition game that motor man you can't teach that motor he's just going to continue to find a way to make him back impact plays kind of worked against him in this game when it came to that foul uh, trouble specifically. But again, like you pointed out, six rebounds in his limited amount of time. You can't teach that. That's something that he just innately has. And again, it's going to be very, very exciting to see how he continues to progress over the course of the season. 
Definitely. I think, uh, like, just similar to what Jaywan does as far as attacking the rebound and, and being infectious to the ball of Justin Gorham, those type players, I think also JoJo will have that type of impact on the game when he has that type of infection to the basketball and that type of ability just to, to be around it and go get it. Most definitely. It looks like we are about to be joined by Chris Gardner of the Houston Monbrough Review. But before we do, I'd like to remind everybody that this is Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Saxonian family. Let's Rage Cougs, the uh, unofficial and original Houston postgame show uh, for football and men's basketball. Of course, like I mentioned, big thank you to the Saxonian family for being the primary sponsor of today's episode. Of course, we'd like to say thank you to Star Pizza for being a secondary sponsor. Star Pizza with multiple locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to stop before or after the game and on that note we welcome in chris gardner from the houston round ball review let me move you around a little bit chris so that you're not covered by the sponsorship how are you doing chris doing great guys how y'all doing i'm great i'm good i'm really good so what has been the the uh, tone from the the crowd of the audience so far on this edition of less rage coups Final four bound, Chris. Final four bound. I like this team's versatility. I really like the the guards, the wings, the defense. Malik Wilson getting after it. See his potential. Deion said it a few times last season. Ramon Walker's presence. You can really tell what Ramon could really provide this team with his hustle and just scrappiness and getting after it, rebounds, all those things that kind of lack a little bit last year. The front court, the bigs, is inexperienced. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the reason why I think more times than not this season, you'll see the Cougs go one big with four wings slash guards, whatever. But JoJo's got potential. You see, rebounding is just natural for him. He's got to get learn offense. Coach Sampson said in post game that JoJo a couple of times didn't he was in was not in the right spots things like that. Hey, freshman first game, all those things. ULM scored thirty one points. That's hard to do, man. <laughs> but thirty one points. I mean, Cook's defense was locked in. ULM not a very good team. Read about that too. But you could see the potential with this Cook's team defensively, and I think that should get fans excited for this season. Yeah, Chris, the first time since 1951 that U of H had held an opponent to 31 points or fewer in that case. In 1951, Texas, they held Texas A&M to 27 points. Go ahead, Dan. Were you going to say add something? No, no, no. I was, I was just shaking my head in the grants. Question for you. Well, a couple comments, Chris. This is an example of the mindset from our viewers that are tuning in to today's episode of Let's Reach Cougs. El Guapo on YouTube says, I think this might be Samson's best overall team from top to bottom. I could see us going all the way this year. He's not alone in that sentiment. There's a lot of optimism for this Cougars team after, again, just one game, not to be overreacting Monday, but there is a lot of positives. Miles Coleman on YouTube asked the question, is UH deep enough in the front court to be competitive with teams featuring star bigs? I think, Chris, you kind of indirectly answer the question when it comes to the potential could potentially uh, the potential is there it's just a matter of how quickly how much experience those front court players are able to get over the course of the season that's also, that's that's the question i mean that's the thing that that they lack inexperience and they need said a lot 
to just get some men into production so it can be a fourth big, you know, big body in case it's necessary to bang, bruise, things like that. And also I think with the way that they play um, coverage post players, I, I don't – Houston will never allow a dominant post player to beat them one-on-one with the way they double team the post. And so I think the depth – they have enough players, like Chris is alluding to, in regards to their experience. If they continue to gain the experience, they'll be um, able to impact the game more. But I think that the depth is there to be able to – uh, defend teams that have a star player like Kansas with Dickinson. That's one player. And when he catches it on a block every time Houston is going to double team in it, and they routinely done that um, and co- under the tenure of Coach Kevin Sampson with their blitz um, defensive coverage. And, and the thing that Hunter Dickinson separates him from a lot of bigs, he's a very good passer out of it. A lot of bigs, they see the monster and they don't know what to do with it, they don't know how to react to it and all those kind of things. But this team, this Cougs team, I'm sure you all touched on a little bit. LJ Cry, Coach Sampson said it in post game. LJ Cry is the team's best three point best shooter. It's a fact. But tonight he just missed shots. The Cougs offense, Coach Sampson was very happy with the offense. The looks they got, they missed a lot of them. He said offensively, execution was very good and just missed shots. LJ is not going to go 0 for 6 from 3 to start a game. More, more time than not. But this team, Damian Dunn, it's not a great three-point shooter, but it's in his bag. Plus, getting mm-hmm. to the free throw line. Emmanuel Sharp is a three-point shooter. LJ Cry is the best three-point shooter. Marchier can make some. This team may have a lot of different three-point weapons this year that recent teams haven't had for the Cougars. And to add on to your point, Chris, something that Kelvin Sampson told the ESPN broadcast after when he he did the, the I guess, the stream interview, not the TV interview, but... To add on to the point, he feels like the buy-in is there at such an early stage for the program. He said that that's that's promising. And again, he, he seems to be very, very high on this team early on. Again, for November, I'm sure we we read one of the quotes that was tweeted out by uh, Ryan of Goku's that Calvin mentioned that November is a comma month. There's no periods in November. But when it comes to that Byron specifically, that's that's a big comment because, again, it just shows how it seems like Calvin Thompson is really high on this group of individuals overall as a team. And take it for what it's worth and fans of the of the Cougs and follow, followers of Coach Sampson know how he is and he's very hard on his players and teams and expectations. But already before today, he said this team, is, this is a good team. He said during post game, we got 10 good players. He went, used 10 guys in the first half, and he was asked if that was more because of it's early in the season or how deep this team is. And he was honest, probably because it was this first game of the season, but we do have 10 good players. Ramon, Ramon Walker is the Cougs' best, 10th best player. Remember, Ramon's on a Final Four team, almost Final Four team his freshman year as the only guard coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. Now he's one of the last, the last players off the coming off the bench this year. This team is very deep, just lacking experience up front. And I say all that, they're still going to lose games in the Big 12 because of the Big 12 being that good. So let's not act like this team is going to go undefeated and all those kind of things. They're going to lose games <laughs> in the Big 12 yeah. and still be a very good team. Okay, let me, let me be clear on that. 
definitely. I think that's a great point. That's something that we touched on before you hopped on about depth, depth, depth. This is a team top to bottom that, um, again, barely the first game of the season, but you're really, really high on because of the 10. I agree with Kevin Townsend. They're legitimately 10 deep. When it, We haven't even talked about Terrence Arsenal. We haven't talked about Malik Wilson. We know what Damian Duncan did off the bench. Audrey Cryer, like you just alluded to, Chris, didn't necessarily have a good shooting night. Jamal Shedd didn't necessarily um, have, was asked to have to do the scoring load. He was able to be much more of a distributor. It's just so much, especially when it comes at that guard wing position, that it's exciting. The ceiling from an outside perspective seems to be relatively high. Agreed. And with Emmanuel Sharp starting instead of Damian Dunn, you know, Damien came off the bench at Temple. He just seems more comfortable coming off the bench and being instant offense for this team in a different way. He made some threes, but he also, with the old man pump fakes, Fuelin bit on, bit on that a lot. He got he went to the line. There were times last season, and even some previous Cougs teams, you would wonder, who's going to get them easy points by going to the free throw line? That's Damien Dunn for sure on this year's team. Most definitely. Now, Chris, when it comes to you being at the postgame presser, was there any other comments that stood out to you that Kelvin Sampson said following Houston's 84-31 victory over ULM? He, he wasn't – I think the question was for Emmanuel Sharp. And so it was off – I mean, all, all three – Coach Samson, Damian, and Emmanuel all were mic, you know, sitting in front of Mike, so we could all hear it. So Coach Samson said to Damian, You've been on ever been on a team that only allowed 31 points? Damian said no. And then Coach asked him, Man, how did they beat us last year? <laughs> <You know? laughs> so things, things like that. I mean, this team, the non-conference schedule is is not the toughest, but the conference schedule is gonna be tough. And I'm looking forward to how they do, how they compete, how this team evolves. I asked Damian, I didn't ask him about his points. I asked him how he was adjusting to his defense and Houston defense. And he said it's still an adjustment for him. He's still getting used to Cougar defense. He made mistakes. And he said himself, defense is a standard here. That's what he said. It's not so much culture anymore. It's the standard. It's demanded. Defense is demanded here. And I'm still getting used to that. Down your thoughts on that? Not surprising because it, I mean we've known the Coach Sampson to get on players to not de- not defend. If you don't defend in practice, you won't be able to defend in the game. And so I'm not surprised with that. But I just love, um, like I said earlier, what he brings not only offensively and scoring wise, but his um, versatility and be able to score on all three levels. But I think he he didn't even have to show his playmaking ability. That's something he could really do as well. But he's a complete offensive player as regards to scoring. He can spread the floor and catch and shoot. He can score off the dribble. He can score in the isolating the mid post. And so I think not only that with his experience and his ability to be able to slow a game down when the game does slow down and get to the free throw line, do those type things will help this team throughout the year. I think um, – He'll be an X factor um, throughout this season. And I think Damian, with this team, Jamal, LJ, Damian, Malik, 
are four different kind of guards, but they can all run the offense at some point. So that spreads spreads the load, shares the load. You don't have to have one player get too tired, run the offense the whole game. So I think that could be a benefit as well going forward throughout this season. And on the topic of defense being a standard, Houston, again, how dominating their performance was. They forced ULM to commit 25 turnovers. ULM only had 31 points, and they only had 39 shots. So, again, just goes to show how dominating of a performance it was. And particularly one player that we haven't touched on so much, Chris, you mentioned earlier, Malik Wilson, who offensively, they're not counting on Malik Wilson to, to put up offensive points. They have him in there to be defense, like you mentioned, in terms of potentially even also being able to run off us in brief stretches. But he had a good moment where – Again, there was that stretch when Houston went on the run in the first half and they just broke open the game. Where possession after possession, where there were there was one where Malik Wilson was guarding one of ULM's players and he literally forced him to dribble out of bounds when he drove a baseline. I think the following possession after that, they forced a shot clock violation. That was the suffocating. That's the only word that really comes to mind in terms of how impressive of a showing defensively that that today's outing was for Houston and again that's something that they did really well and only creates more optimism more potential for this Houston Cougars team agreed and coach Sampson said he wants to this guy to play faster he wants them once they get steals to push up the floor and score get those easy buckets in transition and Malik can really kickstart that offense with his defense this is a different kind of team but we're seeing he played well in Australia. You could just see the glimpses of him, and he has a missed to beat coming off the injury to his, to his left hand. At defense, he excels defensively. He's going to be a good help rebounding from the guard spot, push up the floor as well. That's different. That facet to the game, different ways for the Cougs to uh, attack teams this year. And not only does he bring those attributes that you guys are speaking of, I think offensively he's one of those guys that, that I mentioned that on any given night can lead Houston in scoring. I think that offensive ability, he does have that ability to get past the defenders and get inside and finish with those flurs and have a nice mid-range game and has that athleticism to finish through contact and be able to finish at a, an efficient rate getting inside and collapsing the defense. And so I, I think that just goes to the overall depth of what we're mentioning as well. But I think he will be one of these uh, key X-factor players that have a big year, um, more definitely. Chris, what are your thoughts on J.D. Francis' performance in this game? It was better. He's, he's um, still learning the defense, learning the rotations. It's one thing. I asked, I guess, the last question of the presser. I wanted to get Coach Sampson's thoughts on everybody wearing the 32 on the jersey this year, you know, in memory of Reggie Cheney. And one of the things Coach Sampson mentioned was they show clips to the bigs how Reggie Cheney, how to defend and position yourself on the screens. With the high screen, angle screens, everything like that, Reggie Cheney is is the person to, to watch and learn from with the footage. So I think JVA did a better job of that. JVA still needs to do a better job talking on defense. But he's getting better and he's reacting more. He's quicker to his reactions on defense. There were times last year, and of course, you know, he's younger. 
and I learned I, I learned this, realized this. He's only been playing basketball since he was 13. Oh, wow. He just turned 20. So seven, seven years. years, that's it. So he's finally becoming, you know, getting more and more comfortable as a basketball player. Yeah, that's interesting. Still very young when it comes to um, experience from the game overall. Seven years is not a lot, especially for now, what they're asking him to do as a starter here at the University of Houston. And again, like you said, the level uh, or the standard, going back to what Damian Dunn said, that they demand from their players on defense certainly has to have been still an adjustment period for J.B. Francis. What about Jawan Roberts? Because what are your thoughts on how he performed in today's game? He did what he does mm-hmm. he didn't have to do a lot of a lot of different things you know when there was one big on the floor and it wasn't him on the sidelines he was coaching the bigs like javier or, you know whatever to be in position where he's supposed to be though he was a coach on the bench sometimes you can still see he can get it done on the block if necessary just different ways this team is is more versatile they're deeper and they're experienced in certain spots just not at the back of big spot yet. They'll get that throughout the season. But non-conference-wise, it's a chance for the guys to learn, get better, iron out some kinks, and get ready for Big 12 competition. Funny that you say that, Chris. It's literally the exact same words that Dayon said when uh, we talked about it early, did what Joan Roberts does. Um, any closing thoughts on any one of the other players or anything that might have stood out to you from from being at the game today in Houston's 84-31 victory over ULM? I just, I just like the potential defensively of this team. I, re- I really do. I, I think fans are going to get a kick out of this team scoring easier buckets because of their defense. I think because the athleticism of the defense and – the aggressiveness of it, like Chris is saying to his point, they'll be able to create more highlighting, more easy transition buckets off the defense. And length, too. They're pretty lengthy, um, especially top to bottom when it comes to the wings and guards. Go ahead, down. Are you going to say something to me to cut you off? No, no. I, I just, yeah. No, I said, yeah, I agree. Overall. And they, and they look so- and they look bigger. <laughs> Emmanuel Sharp looks stronger. Jamal looks stronger. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I think, Andy, you are correct in the their, their length is going to give some teams problems. Yeah, athleticism is going to give some teams problems. It's going to be a fun year. And the Cougs might go under the radar this year. No one is picking them to go as far as, especially last year's team, being number one team and all those kind of predictions. But this team is different than last year's team. And we haven't touched on it a lot of, you know, Coach Sampson's comments that he said, you know, last year's team did not get better month to month. Last year's yeah. team come March was not a typical Coach Samson UH basketball team. It was not playing, they were not playing their best basketball. I don't believe that's going to be the case this year. Those were comments that he mentioned prior to the season. It was in one of, was it John Rostin's uh, interview that he did with CBS Sports? But it, it Interesting comments when he mentioned it earlier in the season. And again, going back to what we discussed earlier in the show, certainly seems like he's very high on this particular group of players. And again, it's game one. More exciting um, 
opportunity for the potential that this team can have the season that they have. Their next game is on Saturday against Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who steps up, how they step up um, offensively, whether it's Damian Denny, Emmanuel Sharp, someone else rises, and in particular how the defense carries over because if they can hold – Corpus Christi to the same level of performance. It's going to be really hard to hold them to just 31 points again, but to that level of dominance, that's going to really continue to only increase that optimism with how defensively really, really good this team looks to be after one game. You know, I mean, I think holding the team under to like 50 or so is great. 31 is, is ridiculously, you know, great. In Corpus Christi, I'm not sure who they got coming back, but the Cougs are better than them, and they'll get after them defensively and score and transition and cause them problems. I'm looking forward to seeing which Cougs step up. Might be someone else differently, you know, offensively on Saturday, and then they got a game on Monday. So <laughs> three games, eight days, so it's a turnaround. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking forward to this is a good team, and fans going to enjoy watching this year's Cougs team play. And I'm really looking forward to the game against Xavier on the road and the game against AM on December 16th. A little, Toyota Center. At Toyota Center, a little bit further down the street from where I am right now. I'd be curious to see what the turnout of that game is for you, eight fans, at a, in an NBA sized venue, what they're able to. I've to... heard that the, the lower bowl is almost sold out. So they're about to open up everything else up top. How many would be UH fans? How many would be Texas A&M fans? That'll be it was, interesting it, to see. It was, it was a good number of, because, you know, I think they got a, each school has, each of the four schools participating for the doubleheader have a certain allotment. But I, I, I have heard that the Cook fans have, have come through strong so far. That's awesome to hear. And that's pretty much going to do it for today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Saxonian family. Of course, once again, the final score from Monday's season opener, Houston throttles ULM 84 to 31. A big thank you to the Saxonian family for being a primary sponsor of today's episode. Of course, thank you to Star Pizza for being our secondary sponsor. My name is Andy Anas. You guys can follow me on X, formerly known as Twitter, Ayanas underscore five. Chris, the floor is yours. Where could people find you? And then Dayan, you'll close us out. Thank you, Andy. Thank you guys for for leading the show while I was doing post-game. Follow me on Houston Round Bar Review on Instagram, TikTok, Threads, and YouTube, of course, as well. I really enjoy being part of Les Rage Cougs. Looking forward to this season. Should be a fun one. Should be exciting. Let's keep following me. And, and thank you, everybody. We've got a busy day on Saturday, basketball and football. So come back to Les Rage Cougs and let's have fun. You can follow me on all social media platforms like the shows on the screen below at Dayon Dunlap. And like both old gentlemen just said, we appreciate all your continuous support. And of course, it's a new season for the basketball, but as we continue to keep going and close out these last few games for football and continue on for basketball, we want you guys to continue to let's rage after these games and can't end the episode without saying, let's go Cougs. <laughs>